Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to avoid ministry burnout and ministry at an abortion clinic. We're going to look at this from a biblical and practical perspective, so stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. As always, we appreciate you guys commenting in the reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, and give us a good review, and sharing this podcast with other people. That's a real blessing to us, so that other people are blessed to listen to the content that we put out on a weekly basis. In case you don't know, we put out a podcast every Thursday morning, And it goes out about 5 o'clock in the morning. So for your early risers, you can get to it pretty early. And for those of you who get up a little later, you can access it anytime after 5 a.m. But, of course, Vicky gets up at like... Crack of dawn. The crack of dawn. Before the uh, crack of dawn. Yeah, and so she's she's able to, to get to listening very, very quickly. Anyway, please share the podcast and uh, stick with us as we jump into the topic of avoiding... Ministry burnout. Yeah, it's an important topic. It is, because if you burn out, mm-hmm. you fizzle out, mm-hmm. and you're not effective anymore. Mm-hmm. We did a podcast some months ago about fighting discouragement. Mm-hmm. Remember doing that? I do. This will be maybe sort of along the same lines. It's got some similar but aspects, but it truly is a different topic. Yeah, 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 it is a different topic, and it's a different dynamic that goes on. Yeah. Um, it's This is more particular to people who are involved in everyday ministry and just feeling some of the pressure of it. And the reality is ministry burnout. Listen, I've been there. Yeah. I've been on the edge of that, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. And by God's grace was pulled back from that edge, just burning out, but it can creep up on us. Yeah. It can creep up on you. You don't even realize it. So we're going to talk about some of the signs of ministry burnout. Mm -hmm. um, Some of the types of ministry burnout. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about what what to do about it, right? And uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of what the Bible has to say. There yeah. are actually people in the Scripture who, from all appearances, look like they were on the verge of ministry burnout, or they had already yeah. gone into the crispy stage, which right? We're gonna, which we're going to talk gonna, about. We talk that about means. that stage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we have you've dug Vicky for a couple of articles about this right. or you ju- dug for one article and I found mm-hmm. another article mm-hmm. that I think both of these articles are, are pretty helpful. Um, and we can link them right yeah, to this yep. podcast. So we'll, you all can look at these cause they're good articles. Yeah. We'll link them in the description mm-hmm. on the podcast so that you guys can check them out. You haven't written an article about this particular subject no. because no. why reinvent the wheel, right? That's There's right. already a lot of good articles mm-hmm. out there. Now, of course, there's some articles that are out there, you know, about burnout, just in general work burnout. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. I mean, I know because I used to work in the kind of labor intensive field of doing hardwood floors. And there's a burnout that's, you know, in that area of work. And our work is ministry. So I don't want to talk in categories that the Bible doesn't give us. Our work is ministry. But there is a difference in that kind of physical labor and then this emotional labor that we do on the sidewalk and what you right. do in ministry. And these articles are going to be typically coming from the perspective of a pastor mm-hmm. and not really particularly a sidewalk uh, missionary right. or ministry that has to do with 
yeah. the issue of abortion. But we can so we're going to bring some twist. of that exactly. Yeah, we we're going to bring it. some of that flavor into right. talking about these articles. Right. Yeah. So we'll share those articles with you guys again in the description of this. But let's jump into some of the types of burnout. What should we define? Should we define burnout? So you know First. what? You're a smart person. Yeah. Let's define what that is. Some <laughs> um, of you guys probably already know right. because maybe you're you're in the midst of burnout yeah. and you're like, yeah, I'm there. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's define it for them. Yeah. Well. The, so one of the articles is written by Josh Spurlock, just so that you all know, and we will link it. And the other one by Kevin Halleran, I think is how you say his name. And um, I like the definition that Josh, Josh Spurlock gave. He said, burnout is a state of mental and physical exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. Okay. And he says there are three uh, stages okay. of burnout. I think that's very important because, like our discouragement podcast, yeah. that's maybe a, a symptom of a stage of burnout, but it doesn't include the whole entire picture of okay. burnout. So Josh Spurlock says the first stage is stressed, feeling stressed. The next stage is overwhelmed. And the third stage is crispy. Okay. In other words, you're totally burnt. Right. And you are ready to quit and that's dangerous if you've gotten to that stage that's that's when people end up leaving ministry because they are fried yeah they've had it so the process can be stopped at any point josh spurlock says but once you're in the crispy stage people know something's wrong and that is when sometimes you just really need to leave for a period of time or do something a little bit more dramatic to get yourself back on track yeah yeah, and I'll, I'll say this. I've seen people through observation over the years who are in the crispy stage, mm-hmm. and maybe they don't know it themselves, but you can tell it's like, man, you need to you need to back away. Right. And not only do some folks that I've seen burn out from ministry and just they back away from ministry, but they get disillusioned with God. Right. They start to get angry with the Lord. Yeah. And so that's a dangerous place to be in. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be careful. We need to, you know, self-awareness is an important part of the Christian life. Yeah. Are we aware of, you know, the stuff that's going on in our own minds and our own hearts? Mm-hmm. This is an intense ministry, being out on the sidewalk at an abortion clinic. Right. It's intense in some good ways. Like, where else can you see a mom who was about to kill her child change completely from wanting to kill her child to saving her child Mm -hmm. and then even in some of these situations giving her heart to jesus surrendering her life i mean we've seen some dramatic transformations yeah that is awesome it's like extremely awesome yeah but even you know kind of on the other side of this to be able to be on the sidewalk there and to see that is awesome but to be on the sidewalk and to pour into a mom Mm -hmm. into a family And they still, you know, everything you've got, you pour your heart into this ministry. You pour your heart into this mother. You give her every reason to choose life, and yet she still walks in that door and kills her innocent child. That's extreme uh, ministry right there, too. That's that's something hard to deal with in your mind. It's exhausting, and so you're you're dealing with the spiritual warfare. Yeah. You're you're dealing with a, a huge time commitment, and with many people, who are sidewalk counselors, you're also dealing with trying to follow these women, and no one can do all that. Yeah. No one can do all that. And by follow, you mean follow up with follow after they've chosen term. life mm-hmm. and after they've yeah. made that decision yeah. for life to get them plugged into the resources that they need. Yeah. This is, uh, and that's why when we talk about the body of Christ working together yeah. and the different components working together, 
we've got to do the best we can to employ the whole body of Christ right. to help in these different situations and to help in these different aspects of, of pro-life ministry. Yeah, and we and can't I, do it all. Exactly. And I know we're going to get into other scriptural support, but I just, the, the image keeps coming back to me of the story of Moses when they're entering the promised land and they're fighting their, the enemies. And when he would hold, well, it was Moses, right? Yeah. I get Moses and Abraham mixed up all the time. Yeah. Anyway, so, so as long as he held his arms up, you know, toward heaven, they would win the battle. And if his, if his strength started to drop and his arms would drop, they would lose. They would start yeah. to lose. And he couldn't do it. He could not hold his arms up long enough. And they were losing. But he had all of these other people in the of the Lord's people come and hold his arms up Well, in particular, him. actually, it was Aaron and a man by the name of Hur that came alongside Moses and held his arms up yeah. so that they could win the battle. Yeah. And that, of course, is analogous to, of course, it's it's a real story that really happened, but mm-hmm. the Lord uses these Old Testament stories a lot of times and New Testament stories to teach us present realities Yeah, that just as Moses could not do that alone, couldn't stand in the gap and, and do what he needed to do on behalf of Israel alone, we can't stand on that sidewalk alone. Right. And we need, and that's one of the principles that we need others with us. We need others in this battle. We need to know, because one of the ways that you get in that crispy stage is isolation. Yeah. You feel like you're the only one, and, uh, you know, the story of Elijah comes to mind there, and we'll we'll probably touch on that a little bit more, but Elijah is in one of these scenarios in which it's it's a pretty intense battle. Yeah. And he sees a pretty extreme victory, actually, on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. Yeah. And God answers by fire, mm-hmm. and of course their false god doesn't answer because it's not a god at all. Right. Elijah has this awesome victory, and the children of Israel come, and they slay the prophets of Baal. But not too long after that, Elijah's running for his life from Jezebel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's loathing his very life. Right. So that's that's one of the dynamics that, take, that can take place, because this is such an emotional ministry. It's mm-hmm. such a spiritual battle. I mean, right. if you want to feel spiritual warfare, go to your local abortion center. Yeah. The spiritual and the emotional together tie into the physical. Mm-hmm. I Like I said, I used to do hardwood floors. I worked mm-hmm. for my dad who had a hardwood floor company, mm-hmm. and it's hard work. I mean, we're, right. we're pushing, actually being pulled by a like 200-pound machine all day long, Wow. walking thousands of steps. I don't know how many mm-hmm. steps a day I would work. Yeah. Or would walk. Um, the, the equipment, every piece of equipment is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. they, they put lead in these things. I don't yeah. know. But they're heavy necessarily because they, they get into the wood and sand it. And I won't get into all those details, but just to say it's a physical job. Yeah. And I would come home from that physical job and I would be worn out. Mm-hmm. I'd be worn out physically, but not necessarily emotionally and spiritually. Right. right? I could still do certain things and I right. just wasn't spent completely. Yeah. Yeah. I come home from doing ministry on the sidewalk, and I am spent emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. spiritually, all, all of that. I'm just yep. done for sometimes yeah. to where I have to go and lay down on the couch right. and take a little bit of a nap just yeah. to recoup. And it's the mental, the emotional, and the and the spiritual tie into the physical. So I say all that to say that even, and I'll say this, this is not just days where it seemed like there were no babies saved, but even days where it's awesome, a, a life was saved, mm-hmm. and we got to be a part of that life being saved. Even that, though, was emotionally draining. Right. 
So all of this to say that, guys, this is a necessary ministry, Mm -hmm. and we want to encourage you guys to be involved in this ministry. And so none of this is to discourage you and to say, run from this ministry as fast as you can. No, run toward what God has called you to. And there's grace available for sure. But just be aware and be aware that burnout can creep up. There's going to always be stress, and there's going to always be kind of those first two categories that you that you named out there mm-hmm. where it's uh, stressed and overwhelmed. I mean, I feel in some measure stressed and overwhelmed every day. Right. But I don't feel crispy yeah. every <laughs> Not day. Yet. Yeah. If you don't deal with the stress and overwhelmed. But you know what you said that we're 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 not saying all this to discourage you and push you away from ministry. In fact, we're saying the very opposite, that uh, pastors or anyone involved in an extremely draining ministry um, are, are in danger of burnout. And yeah. they need those other people to come alongside, not even just people that are going to be out on the sidewalk. But recently we had a sidewalk counselor who who needs help. She's yeah. taken on so much. And so she put out a plea publicly. Here's, if you have a skill, we can use you because she's hoping to pass off, delegate some of her responsibilities to others. And I read the responses and most, if not all, I think I saw one out of all the responses said, oh, wow, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Well, and my, and, and I put in a little bit snarky, I must admit, but I put in, I pray that some of these people that are praying will actually step up and do yeah. <laughs> something. And so it's the encouragement to, we are all needed. If we love the Lord, we are needed to end this holocaust of abortion. And there are many roles. Sidewalk counselors are needed as well. Yeah, But there's lots of places where someone could plug in and help yeah. these people to prevent, hopefully, their burning out because they are willing to be out on that sidewalk. Yeah, and that's a dynamic that I think we should mention, if you're out there on the sidewalk, Mm -hmm. one of the things that we have done here in Charlotte, and it's all been by God's grace, is raising up mentors Mm -hmm. in the churches. And as you guys know, if you're following any of the things that are going on here in Charlotte, we've merged together with Love Life, who's a ministry that's gotten local churches to come out and pray at the abortion centers. Right. And every week, there are churches for that 40 weeks of the Love Life uh, prayer campaign, Mm -hmm. there's churches that are out praying, but they're asking those churches to take a step beyond just praying. Okay, we want you to identify in your churches, pastors, are there people that can be mentors? Are there people that can be sidewalk counselors? And that mentor piece is really important because for a long time here in Charlotte with with Cities for Life and our counselors here, they would do the sidewalk counseling and do the follow-up, right. do the mentoring and all of that, and it just, that will burn you out. So Quickly. those of you who are listening, it, it takes work mm-hmm. to pitch it to pastors, to pitch it to individuals. Hey, maybe you can't be on the sidewalk, but can you be a mentor? Mm-hmm. It takes a little work, but sometimes to delegate things, we have to do a little bit of upfront work to right. save ourselves a lot of the back-end work. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to do a little bit of you know, asking, mm-hmm. a little bit of sharing. Hey, here's what the need is. Maybe even a little bit of role defining, defining that role of what a mentor is for people. And then once they kind of get that vision and get that get that burden to mm-hmm. be that, then it, that delegated authority that now instead of you mentoring, you sidewalk counseling and mentoring the moms that choose life, you can now hand them off to a mentor. Right. And one of the things that we're doing here, just a little plug-in for what God's doing, Mm -hmm. is we're doing boot camps, training boot Mm -hmm. camps for people that want to become sidewalk missionaries. We talked some weeks ago about sidewalk counselors, actually sidewalk missionaries. 
but people who want to be trained under Love Life as sidewalk missionaries. And we're training them to do sidewalk counseling, but we're also training them in mentor handoffs and helping churches to raise up mentors and all of that. And that's the sort of stuff that we're involved in. That's why we merge together with Love Life is because we want churches to to take this burden, the issue yes. of abortion, mentoring yeah. these moms, but also the sidewalk ministry and all these components that are involved in reaching these women and discipling them. And we want to... That, those those ministries go hand in hand, and we want to influence the local churches in the United States of America that this is a necessary ministry that we all need to be involved in. So we're seeing a lot of traction in that area. Praise mm-hmm. God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the signs of burnout. Is that our next, our next major area yeah. that we should go to? Okay. So we talked I, about the types of burnout, so, which are right. just, just touch on those stressed, overwhelmed, and crispy. And crispy, crispy. okay. Yeah. And then the signs. What are the signs? How do you know... If you're maybe moving toward crispy, <laughs> how do you know if you're in that stressed category or yeah. overwhelmed category? So yeah. touch on some of those. So Spurlock does identify the signs, and I really like how he does this because it reminds us that there are warning signs. Yeah. And if we pay attention to those warning signs, hopefully you don't end up crispy. Right. So I, I, like, I like that he has them in stages. So stage one Irritableness, anxiety and worry, high blood pressure, grinding your teeth in your sleep, insomnia. So far, I've got every one of these. Wow. But I probably always had every one of these. I'm kind of a high-stress person. Increased illness, loss of appetite or stress eating, unusual heart rhythms, skipped beats, rapid pounding, struggle to concentrate and forgetfulness, and headaches. Okay. So a lot of people have experienced those things. A lot of us feel stressed. Sure. It, this is a stressful world. Yeah. And certainly the Bible will guide us, and we're going to talk about that later. There's certainly biblical principles to help to reduce and relieve that stress yeah. from a biblical perspective. But that's stage one. And and so that stage was feeling stressed. Yeah. So stage two, overwhelmed. And it's characterized by decreasing performance, increased negativity, withdrawal, and attempts to medicate the symptoms. Okay. So there's being late, procrastinating, dreading returning to work, marital conflict, decreased sex desire, persistent tiredness, missing project deadlines, social withdrawal from friends and or family, cynicism. That's one that creeps in and you can start to hear it yeah you know we can maybe start to check each other knowing that knowing cynicism is a sign that you've reached stage two of being overwhelmed because so often when someone starts they're just on fire ready to change the world they're excited about how god is just going to use them and they start to come to a point where they're like kind of name calling yeah and um and looking at the people that they're dealing with and and it not with good eyes right with critical and uh, judgmental and even condemning eyes, and that's as cynicism creeps in. Resentfulness, increased caffeine consumption, increased alcohol consumption, and apathy, just not caring anymore. Yeah. So those are all signs of stage two overwhelmed. Yeah. And of course, those are indications that I won't just say overwhelmed in the sense that mentally, Mm-hmm. or with ministry, but those are signs that your relationship with the Lord yes. is not what it needs yeah. to be. And in all of yeah. these, you can't give what you don't have. Right. 
And if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, I mean, the name of the podcast is the Gospel Center Prayer Life Podcast. You mm-hmm. know that for us, the gospel is at the center of what we do. Right. The Lord is at the center of what we do. And if we're not connected with him, then we can't, as we talk about often, bring him into the equation. If he's not in the equation in our lives, yeah. if he's not at the center of our lives, then we can't bring him into the center or encourage these women and these men that we encounter at the abortion centers to bring him into the center of their lives. Very true. So you can't give what you don't have. Right. So your relationship with the Lord is vital. It is mm-hmm. vital. There is a sense in which we can't do this ministry. Mm-hmm. There's a sense in which we are overwhelmed. You know, I think I may have told you a couple of weeks ago that you know I feel like with this endeavor, with raising up missionaries all across the country, yeah. that we've bitten off more than we can chew. Right, yeah. And you know what? I always feel like that, though, yeah. in ministry. I always Ministry is almost always biting off more than we can chew, but God gives us strength in our jaw muscles to chew it. Well, good. <laughs> you know? I like that. But he <laughs> also, when we are weak, he is strong. That was yeah. my verse today. That was the story that I read today where um, we rejoice in our weakness because then his strength is revealed. Yeah. And I think we are always weak. If we're honest, it's not us doing this ministry. It's us standing there in obedience for God's ministry. Yeah. And we're the vessels that he's using. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I think I've shared before. On this podcast, if I haven't, I'll share it again. If I have, I'll still share it again. Um, <laughs> when, before, just a few months actually, or a few weeks before, I came in full-time with Cities for Life mm-hmm. back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I worked for my dad doing hardwood floors, and again, it's pretty intense yeah. um, labor. But then the Lord called me into this ministry, and into, you know, air quotes, full-time ministry, mm-hmm. because I do believe that every area of a Christian's life, no matter what work you do, it is full-time ministry. It should be anyway. It right? should be. Yeah. So, But there is a, a vocational ministry, whatever right. you want to call yeah. it. When the Lord called me yeah. to this, I remember right before, <laughs> yeah, right before I was about to make that transition, uh-huh. I was actually on my hands and knees doing a set of steps, which is really hard work because you're using kind of you know, rudimentary tools. You're using a scraper and you're getting this paint off and yeah. this old varnish and stuff off to make these steps look good. I was doing that. I was by myself actually uh-huh. because the other guys had gone to another job. Anyway, and I was just thinking about this whole thing. I'm going to take over this ministry. I've never run a nonprofit before. I've never been the director of a ministry like this. I've never overseen 30, 40 volunteers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to have yeah. to do fundraising. I'm going to have to reach out to pastors. I'm going to have to raise up more volunteers. All of this stuff that I've never really done before. And I'm, you know, crying out to the Lord like, God, can I do this? Am I equipped mm-hmm. to do this? And I remember a voice, you know, in my heart, in my mind, however you want to say it, it wasn't like a physical voice. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was the enemy's voice, though, mm-hmm. saying, you can't do this. Mm. You're not equipped to do this. Mm-hmm. You're going to fail. There's no way you can do this. And I was just like feeling really in that moment overwhelmed by that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? This voice is right. I can't. But something rose up in me mm-hmm. in that moment. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Where I said, you know what, devil? And this is like, I think I even said this out loud. I was by myself, so it wasn't too weird. <laughs> and I talked to myself anyway, but at this point, I was talking to the enemy. Uh-huh. And I was saying, you know what, devil? You're right. This is a point in which I will agree with you. I uh-huh. can't do this ministry. Right. I can't do all the things that are necessary. All the stuff's completely outside of my realm of ability. You're right. I can't. This is one point where, devil, I will agree with you. However, 
I agree also with the word of God, mm-hmm. that the grace of God is sufficient. In my weakness, he is strong. Yes. So I can't do this, but I'm not relying on me to do it. I'm relying on the Lord. So ha ha, devil, right. take that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, by God's grace, I feel like stepping into this role, there were things that I was doing that I'd never done before, but began to do well. And of course, yeah. I applied myself in some areas and read some books and got some encouragement from other people. The point of that is that the grace of God is sufficient, that yes, we might be stressed and overwhelmed in some areas, but the Lord in his grace is sufficient through us as we yield to him. The problem is when we let the stress and we let the overwhelmed feelings take over and we yield yes. to those things and we say, you know, I am stressed, I am overwhelmed. The issue is really trying to do this stuff in the flesh, trying yeah. to do it by the strength and the arm yeah. of the flesh. Yeah. We will fail if we do that. So yeah. we have to Every be time. in relationship with God. Right. I always tell people, here's the three keys to staying in ministry for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And that is stay in prayer, mm-hmm. stay in the word, and stay in church. Right. Because that other dynamic that you spoke about earlier with Moses mm-hmm. and Aaron and her coming by his side is that we need other people. And that doesn't necessarily always mean that we need other people on the sidewalk with us. I mean, certainly we want that, and certainly that we should have that. There should be other people instead of us just being out there by ourselves. Yeah. There should be other people out there with us. Yeah. Um, but not just in that context. We need other people that are encouraging us along. You know, we're right. blessed here locally, um, me and my wife and our family at our church, to be encouraged on a regular basis by our pastors Mm -hmm. and by the ministry leaders there and even given opportunities to share what God is doing Mm -hmm. and just, it's, it's awesome. I don't think that I could have made it without the encouragement that comes from our local church. Yeah. And so that's an encouragement to you guys. And it's one of the reasons why we major, as a matter of fact, you can't volunteer with cities for life Mm -hmm. or even now love life. Mm -hmm. Unless you're a part of local church, you can't become one of our missionaries Right. And reaching out to the abortion centers in your city, unless you're part of a local church, because yeah. that's a very important component of getting the accountability and encouragement that you need so that you don't burn out. Exactly. Exactly. So then, because we don't want you to reach stage three. Crispy. Right. We don't want you to be crispy. crispy. So you want to hear what that's characterized by? Yeah. That's bad. So it's characterized by depression. And that's why our discouragement uh, podcast was really, it was a symptom and maybe a symptom if you're feeling really discouraged. You may be heading towards the crispy stage. Yeah. Sadness, chronic symptoms. So there are chronic things going on. All of us feel depressed and discouraged at times. So I don't mean to say that if you're discouraged that you're necessarily, you know, about to... Crispy fried. To, right. You're not necessarily crispy fried yet. But if it's becoming chronic, you are chronically depressed, sadness or depression, you're feeling it all the time, stomach or bowel problems all the time, mental fatigue, chronically, physical fatigue, headaches, and these are all chronic, and a sense of hopelessness, hopeless discouragement. You just feel like this is never going to end. That's a sign you're on the road to crispy. Yeah. The desire to check out or run away from friends, work, and perhaps even family. Yeah. And then occasional thoughts about ending your life. You, and there are a lot of pastors I know do actually either think of suicide or even attempt suicide or actually do commit suicide, which is so tragic. These are people who loved God, poured out their life for God, and then end, end with wanting to kill themselves. Yeah. It's so, a terrible state to be in. And, of course, yeah. that's an extreme 
that's an extreme manifestation. Right. The other things, depression especially, yeah. and kind of a sense of hopelessness, mm-hmm. a sense of disillusionment, those are things that really show, hey, I, I'm in the burned out stage. I'm in the crispy stage. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just, from a pastor's perspective, because I was a pastor for, for some years, would encourage you to reach out. If you're in that stage, yeah. reach out to yeah. your pastor, reach out to close friends, reach yeah. out to people who you're accountable to. Godly people. Godly, godly people, people, people that, that can know. give you godly yeah. counsel. Right. And, of course, acknowledging that you're at that stage is an yeah. important part. Yeah. And this gravitation towards isolation mm-hmm. is a really, really important warning sign. Like, if you don't want to be around others, yeah. Whereas before you liked to fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, and now you don't. Yeah. That is a nine one one emergency. Isolation is like a key warning sign. And that's right. why this whole COVID thing. And oh, I won't, I won't go on that track. Yeah. yeah. This whole COVID thing and the isolation and quarantining and all that stuff is such a a, a difficult thing for many people to deal with because isolation yeah. is a sign of this and it's a sign if you've got friends that are isolating themselves it's a sign you can pick up on and go out and reach out to them you know right. but if they're already isolating themselves anyway I won't rabbit yeah. tra- trail on that yeah but isolation is a sign of some very very deep things so if that's you if you're dealing with that reach out to your pastor reach out to people around you people that are um you know involved in the ministry that you're involved in hey reach out to me reach out to Vicky let us know. We want to encourage you best we yeah. can. Obviously, if we're a good bit of distance away, it'd be hard for us to do any kind of in-depth, but we'd certainly yeah. love to talk with you and encourage you. But that connection to your local church is the most important connection that I think a person can have right. beyond, obviously, direct family members and that sort of right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. The The statistics are pretty staggering. Okay. Um, 1,500 pastors, these are about pastors specifically, so it doesn't relate to us as sidewalk counselors necessarily, but I think you can probably see a similar, um, I don't know, similar trend. For example, we do lose a lot of sidewalk counselors on a regular basis, and and oftentimes the the reason is burnout. They're burnt out. They've had it. So 1,500 pastors leave the ministry each month due to moral failure, spiritual burnout, or contention in their churches. 50% are so discouraged that they would leave the ministry if they could. Not all of them can. Sometimes they just have no other financial way to survive, so they don't. 70% said the only time they spend studying the Word is when they're preparing their sermons. Yeah. So now that depends on how long they take to prepare their sermons, but but they're not in the Word outside of of service. Yeah, they're viewing God's Word as their job, Right. And which is a you know horrible place yeah. to be in as a as yeah a that's a good of way of saying it. They're thirty five percent more likely to be terminated pastors if they work less than fifty hours weekly. So isn't that interesting? It's the very system is is asking for them to put in uh, outrageous amounts of, of yeah. time, and I think that not that any kind of leadership is asking sidewalk counselors to do that, but I think that stress is put on us ourselves because there's never enough time you can never put in enough time yeah i'll I'll share with you a dynamic that actually helped me and this is this is maybe a a word of wisdom for you guys and a principle that will help those who are 
you may be on the verge of burnout or just feeling maybe like you're you're seeing some of these signs or symptoms in your life yeah. or you want to guard yourself against it right. is get yourself an accountability encourager person. Yeah. Somebody I think, you know, as a as a young man, actually I'm not terribly young, 40 years old, but younger guys find yourself an older man of God, somebody who's been walking with God for a long time, whether they've been a pastor or a pastor or just, you know, somebody that's a serious believer, mm-hmm. right? You don't want some, you know, just nominal Christian because that's not going to be very helpful, but somebody that's walking with God, an older man, and ask him, will you have lunch with me? Will you have breakfast with me? Will you have coffee with me once a month mm-hmm. and ask me some questions? How am I doing with my walk with God? How am I doing yeah. with my relationship to my wife? Ask me, you know, I asked, I actually have my accountability guy who is a pastor. Yeah. And uh, he's a little older than me. Mm-hmm. And he asked me these questions. We go through and we talk out. And I just kind of spill this stuff out to him. Somebody you can vent to. Yeah. Somebody you can talk to. Somebody you can bounce things off of. And I do that once a month. Yeah. And that has been very helpful for me. So mm-hmm. that's something I want to encourage you guys with. Have somebody that can, that can, hold you accountable and encourage you in those areas. Yeah. That can be very helpful to keep you from getting to that level of, of, yeah. Of problems. That's actually one of the, when we get to the solutions, that is actually one of the suggestions is an accountability partner. I don't know if they call it that. I like that word though. That's, yeah. um, an encourager, really. An encourager, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so with that, yeah. this, my encourager guy yeah. shared with me this dynamic uh-huh. that happens in, again, air quotes, full-time ministry mm-hmm. is what happens, especially with men. Mm-hmm is we're made to work, to do physical labor. We're made to, and this is how I was, again, with hardwood floors, and I I make the comparison there because these are two very different areas of work, Yeah, is that when I did a hardwood floor, I could step back. Mm -hmm. And with all my physical labor and stuff and sweat and tears and sometimes blood that I put into that, I could step back and say, look, I produced that. There's that beautiful floor right There's that beautiful floor. You see the result of your work, very tangible. There's that happy customer and all of that. And I can step back and say, with my physical work, I produced that. Right. And I could have a physical product to look at. Yeah. With ministry, it's oftentimes not like that. Yeah. And so what we do is, because we can't point to a physical thing that we produced, we right. sort of feel guilty that we've not really produced much, right? right? And sometimes it can be discouraging because, you know, in this area of ministry, Maybe we saw, you know, 150 moms go into the abortion center right. and only, praise God, when it's like last week, we had eight babies that were saved. Right. But that was among so many others that weren't saved. Yeah. And that can be like, okay, we didn't really produce much of anything. Right. Yeah. And it can be discouraging and, yeah. and all of that. And we can look at the negative and we get discouraged by that. And so what we'll do is to compensate is we'll we'll put more hours in than we even normally would with a, a job that involves longer. physical I know that's labor. what I do personally. I'll yeah. just stay longer just thinking, well, maybe the next one that leaves is going to tell me she changed her mind yeah. and chose life. And and so, yeah, you're putting in more and more hours. You're becoming more and more kind of stressed because yeah. oftentimes you don't see the results. Yeah, or you don't, take you, do. a, you don't take a day to disconnect from ministry right. because yeah. you feel guilty. So we're driven by guilt. Mm-hmm. Guilt is a terrible driver mm-hmm. for any kind of ministry or work or anything. Mm-hmm. We should not be driven by guilt. Right. But guilt will set in. If we don't feel like we've produced something, we'll try to overcompensate with putting more hours in, maybe even giving ourselves busy work or something like that. Yeah. And we really have to guard against that. And that's one of the things that my accountability guy asked me about. Are you spending time with your family? Are you mm-hmm. spending time disconnected from ministry? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, 
you're going to crash and burn. I think one of the things that you're talking about is unrealistic expectations. And that is one of the things that Spurlock lists as a major cause. And for me, that to me is one of the major causes of burnout in our sort of ministry, unrealistic expectations. Yeah. So on, on the sidewalk, the unrealistic expectation, a brand new person that I was training today said, so how many saves, saved babies do you see every day? As though we necessarily <laughs> see a saved baby every day. Yeah. Now, we often do. But to put the expectation that, oh, if we don't see 1.5 saved babies every day, then somehow we failed. So the expectations can sometimes not be realistic and can be one of the causes of burnout. Yeah. Bad theology is another one that Spurlock mentions, and he specifically talks about when we have a works-based yeah. theology. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. If we're yeah. trying to earn our way to salvation— yeah. Or something like that. And yeah. it can even be a subtlety in the back of our minds yeah. that we're trying to maybe cover up past sins. And that's especially true yeah. of people that have abortion in their past. Yeah. Whether it be a man that took his girlfriend, you know, in college or something for an abortion or right. paid for an abortion or a woman who actually had an abortion. Right. Is that in the back of our minds, though we know salvation is by grace through faith, yeah. We could be out there on the sidewalk working to try to I don't know, redeem, try to redeem, to redeem our past. Exactly. And, and, all and of actually that. he he lists that as that's so prevalent that he lists it as a whole second category yeah. for burnout. He calls it misplaced priorities, identity identity value and worth. Yeah. So our worth is in question, something that happened in the past and an abortion can do that. Yeah. And and you are no longer worthy and so maybe you can earn God's favor by helping others not to have an abortion. Yeah. And while it, it There are reasons why a post-abortive woman should be out on the sidewalk helping others not to choose abortion. It's not because her worth is tied up in whether she's out there helping them or not. Yeah. So um, another one is poor—I think this is a huge one also—poor work and personal boundaries. And, and by that, for example, someone tells you— I've got this mom who just called and her sister and her cousin and all three of them are in unplanned pregnancies and all three of them need someone to talk to them today. And if someone came to me, the old me would have said, okay. Yeah. The new me says, no, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I will see if I can find three people that would maybe be willing to, but setting boundaries and learning to say no um, is yeah. really really important. Right. And w w what is one of the reasons why that we wouldn't say no? Well, you don't want to let people down. Yeah. You don't want disappointment. You don't want conflict. And you don't want misperceptions. I know people invite me to so many things. I, I train a lot of volunteers. Yeah. I know a lot of people. And if I said yes to every invitation, I would never have a second to myself. And I'm an introvert. I need alone time. Yeah. So I have had to learn to just say no. Yeah. Yesterday, someone said, gosh, you should really come and visit our church. And, and I'm sitting there thinking I could smile and say, sure, one day I will. But in the back of my mind, I was saying another invitation. Yeah. I can't do it. And finally, I just said, thank you so much. But I just want to be honest with you. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not going to go visit your church. I have a church I really love and I'm 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 going to go to my church yeah. on on Sundays. So, um 
poor work and personal boundaries, really key. Yeah. Really key. I mean, one of the personal boundaries can be, uh, you know, if we're dealing with a mom that chose life, we've certainly dealt with situations where this mom needs housing. Yeah. And we've had yeah. counselors. And yeah. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done this, but I know as for me and my family, there's no way. It, w- it would have been a bad decision for me to say, right. yes, I'll allow this mom to stay at my house. Now, we again, we've had counselors that have opened up their houses to a mom that has chosen life. Praise God, some people can do that. They know their boundaries. Right. And it, what I know from the stories, it went well. Praise God for that. Yeah. But as for me and my family, that's not something I'm going to be able to do. Yeah. I've got you know, a lot going on just in my um, daily life. And I don't, you know, I've got a family of, of 10, you so I don't really young, have the room practically. You got, you've also got young children and the safety issue. We don't know these people. They're sure. strangers that right. we would be asking into our home. You're taking a chance. So I have made the decision, me and my wife, and even mm-hmm. talking about it, and we have dabbled, I think, mainly driven by guilt mm-hmm. with the idea but we've said, no, this is not something that we're right. able to do. Right. It's just not wisdom for us. Yeah. Is there some time in the future where maybe some of the kids are out of the house and yeah. you know, they grow up and, and have their own families and all of that where we'll be able to open our door? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe yeah. sometime in the future yeah. that will be wisdom for us. But for now, it's not. That's just a boundary that we've set. Right. We're not going to be taking a mom into our home. Now, thankfully, yeah. there are people that can. There are ministries that can. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that resource is available. Yeah, setting personal boundaries sometimes does mean saying no to people who are asking wonderful things and asking really loving and good things of you. I, I get requests all the time. Hey, I'd love to go hiking with you. Hey, I'd love to go kayaking with you. That, for me, is um, something in most cases I would rather not do. Again, yeah. the, my hiking, my kayaking are things I do alone to get with God part of my how I recharge I've talked about that before and if I filled it with other people being with me in those activities I would lose that recharging benefit it then becomes social which for me is kind of an energy drainer yeah I can do it and I know I should do it and I love it in limited doses but I don't love it full time and I have had to learn to say no to that so saying no without feeling guilt is an important part of setting personal boundaries and then the final leading cause of burnout is inadequate self-care. We're not eating right. We're not sleeping right. We're not exercising. Yeah. We're not giving ourselves rest. Not just sleep, but when you're not sleeping, rest. Yeah. Like a Sabbath rest. Sure, yeah. Well, one of the things is just rest of your heart and your mind. Because this ministry and ministry in general is very emotional and very mental, to disconnect from ministry and a point that I was kind of tracking with earlier is that ministry never stops. It doesn't matter how much you try to disconnect. The reality is you're not just working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You're working the entire week. You're yeah. working every hour. Ministry is yeah. always going on in your heart and your mind. Yeah. But as best you can, mm-hmm. and this is what my accountability guy told me. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, the first couple of months when I came in with Cities for Life, I was starting to get in these areas right. and even maybe getting close to the crispy area yeah. where I'm starting to think, okay, should I really even be doing this? Yeah. Because I was trying to be out there on the sidewalk every day mm-hmm. and I didn't have a day to just disconnect. Mm-hmm. And then my accountability guy told me, Hey man, you need to take a day where you're not out there, where you're not involved in ministry, where you're disconnecting. Yeah, You can't save the world. God don't need you. He's using yeah. you, but yeah. we get in this mentality. Like we think we're more important than we are. 
Yeah. If he wouldn't encourage me in that yeah. and told me to disconnect and take a day off, then, because, you know, in, you know, certainly Sunday would be a day off, but if yeah. you're in ministry like this and you're trying to share with pastors and you're you're always asked to speak at churches and you're asked to reach out in these different contexts. So even on my Sundays, I wasn't disconnecting. Right. And so yeah. I started taking a day of the week off and that just changed my life. And I disconnected yeah. completely. And now to the point where even my cell phone is not even yeah. at my access. Yeah. And um, the, so the it's beauty, important. the beauty of that is not only what it does for you, but what it does for others. Cause I have find, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of pride wrapped up in, yeah. oh, well, I can't take a day off. I'm too important. Yeah, I'm too important. <laughs> God needs me. I, no one can do what I do. But when you decide, okay, I have to take uh, a day off for my self-preservation, well, you usually have to delegate. Yeah. And what that does is it gives other people an opportunity to shine, to step up, and to recognize their skills and the the joy of of the benefits of, of ministry. Yeah. That sometimes we don't give them because we, we think we can do it better. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, so what are some recovery tips if you're in this? I mean, the, the, the biggest really recommendation that they make is, is don't get to the crispy stage if you can kind of see it coming, but what if you get there? What if you end up at the crispy stage? So, so here's some recovery tips that I believe the second author Halloran suggested spend time in prayer in the word, more time in prayer in the word. Regain a lost vision for the ministry. I think that's a really good one. Okay. I get that every almost at least several times a week or at least once a week because I train new volunteers and I have to tell them what the vision for the ministry is. So I'm kind of getting that renewal of the vision for the ministry on a regular basis. But I think it's very important to, to do that on your own. Stop comparing yourself to others. Facebook can be very damaging. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every time I look at Facebook, I think... What do they have that I don't have? Why are their stories so <laughs> wonderful? Why do they look so good? What is wrong with yeah. me? And I think that that is the danger of Facebook for all of their, there are good things with social media, but that's the danger. Develop, oh, and in our ministry, stop comparing yourself to others. Someone's value on the sidewalk is not determined by how many people they have seen saved, Yeah. by how many babies they have seen saved, by how many hours they're out there. That's, that is not how God views their worth or their value. And so you shouldn't view your worth or value in that way either. Are you being obedient to God? Right. That's, I think, probably the most that's important question. That's where the victory question. is, and obedience yeah. to the Lord. Yeah, and that's where your your worth is in glorifying God. Are you doing that? Yeah. Are you One of the things God? I'll say here, as a side note, mm-hmm. along those lines— because you might be, and I've had people reach out to me, you might be looking at what we're doing here in Charlotte, what God is doing, and you know, we're seeing, we, just like I said, eight babies were saved last week, yeah. and some people that are out there, maybe even more hours than our teams are yeah. here, are not seeing yeah. as many babies saved. Mm-hmm. There's different reasons for that. Is it because right. we're more effective, because we've got this all figured out? Of no. course. Oh. Well, of course, yeah, we got it. <laughs> Oh, well, listen, no, we've learned some right. stuff, no. <laughs> and we certainly want to, and that's the reason why we started the Sidewalks for Life yeah. uh, website, because we want to help people to be most effective. Yeah. But there's other just practical things, too. You know, we've got down the road from the Latrobe Abortion Clinic. One of the things is they do a lot of abortions Well, here. that's true. It's the busiest abortion right. center in the southeast. So you're going to see there's so much traffic. Yeah. yeah. There is a lot of traffic. Yeah. So if you're at an abortion clinic that doesn't do as many abortions, then... Right. 
obviously there's going to be right. some differences, but also the scenario itself. We actually have access to be able to talk to the patients. There's an abortion center not far from here on Wendover yeah. that our friend Elijah reaches out at. Yeah. And it's far from the main road there where he has actually a public access. Yeah. And, and also it's a part of a business complex. So this right. abortion center is also associated with other businesses there. Mm-hmm. So you don't know who's going in for an abortion, who's going in to get their teeth cleaned or something like yeah. that. So that makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it's, a lower volume abortion center too. So the interactions are going to be less. So there's reasons why. So don't let that, which God intends to be an encouragement to you, that God is saving babies on the Trobe Drive or whatever other abortion center that you're looking at and people are are doing things for the Lord out there and you're seeing, they're seeing a lot of babies saved. That's meant to be an encouragement to you rather than a discouragement to you. So don't let that, which is intended to be an encouragement, become a discouragement to you. Be encouraged that if God is doing it here, He's going to do it there. And even if you aren't seeing with your own physical eyes and confirming that babies are saved, I promise you, your faithful out, faithfulness out there, God is honoring it, and babies are being saved, and the gospel is being proclaimed. And you might not find out about some of these babies being saved until you stand before the Lord, right. but that's when it really matters anyway. So right. be faithful yeah. in what God has called you to. If there are some things that you can change and maybe do a little more effectively, then you know, do those things, but it's likely not that it's likely there's some other things going on. So Mm -hmm. to be encouraged. Yeah. Good advice. So he also says, focus on the positive and have fun. Yeah. And it's not like we should be dancing and laughing and and being inappropriate, but to, to joke with each other and to, to find joy in the Lord with each other, I think is a critical part of not burning out. You're doing a very depressing in some ways and heavy ministry when you're a sidewalk counselor, but there are, there always are positives. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to look for them, but they're always there and having a sense of enjoyment of the people that you're out there with or enjoyment in the simple pleasures. There was a breeze today and it's a little bit cooler. Those sorts of things, rather than focusing always on the sorrow and the negative, keeping an optimistic outlook. Yeah, I know some of the deepest relationships Mm -hmm. that I have uh, been able to cultivate have been out there on the sidewalk. We can enjoy each other. Yeah. We can have the joy of the Lord. We can encourage each other. We can share funny stories and things that are going on in our lives. We, of course, don't need to be laughing like crazy people out there right. and chuckling right. and all of that. We need yeah. to, there's a somber attitude that we need yeah. to have out there, yeah. certainly. But we can enjoy each other. Yeah. We can talk. We can have fun. We can even sometimes, we might crack a joke here and there. Because we're human beings and yeah. we love each other and we love the Lord, we yeah. need to be intentional. We encourage our volunteers here locally to be intentional about encouraging each other. Right. And so, just I mean, we have biblical discussions out there. They're not right. heated. We're not right. trying to get in debate with one another. Mm-hmm. But we talk and, and we grow yeah. out there on the sidewalk. I've never grown as much as, as being a sidewalk yeah, counselor absolutely. and hearing the, uh, uh, so many wonderful spiritual discussions. This is a good one. Expressing gratitude. Not only to the Lord, it's mostly to the Lord, but to each other. Hey, I'm just so thankful that you're out there. Yeah. I appreciate you so much. Um, but as, when you have an attitude of gratitude, it becomes hard to be depressed. Yeah. You know, if you're pr- expressing thankfulness, then it just instantly buoys yeah. your your mood out there. I know one of the things I like to say around my house, I, I like to pretend that I coined this phrase, <laughs> but I don't think that I did. Uh-huh. Um 
but your attitude determines your altitude. Your oh, attitude determines your altitude. If yeah. you have a, yeah. a a bad attitude, you're going to be low and meh and everything's terrible. If you have a good attitude, yeah. your altitude's going to be high. You're going to be happy. Yeah. You're going to soar above the garbage that's going on. Right. And you're going to see the good from a different perspective. So yeah. your attitude can determine your altitude. And an attitude of gratitude yeah. will help you soar high. How about oh, that's, that? That's that interesting. Good? I, I wrote a book about a tower builder. Okay. Um. Uh, whose name is Tony, one of the most optimistic people I have ever met. And he used to tell me one of his things, his little mantras was, I get high being high because he would climb. He, he's the Empire State Building tower, okay. tower uh, maintenance guy, tower, whatever, not maintenance guy, that designer, whatever. So um, he gets high being high, high, high up in the air. And what, what to most of us would be one of the most terrifying things, places we could possibly be, he finds joy in just being high up above and seeing the things that no one else has seen. Yeah. So um, gratitude, gratitude for what you do have, because yeah. you have plenty of, plenty of, yeah, of good things always. Um, okay. And, and so we'll get to like the, the last one that I, that I really can relate to. And I think it's very important. Do activities that energize you. Yeah. For me, it's kayaking. For you, it might be something else, but you really need, that's one of the biggest remedies outside of scripture. So I know we're, we're kind of running long here, but yeah. maybe we could hit on either a scriptural story or some scriptures that, that can encourage us that you do not need to wallow in this place of burnout. You really can find God's um, help yeah. in, in moving Yeah, well, Jesus is our ultimate example. Yeah. And I believe Jesus took some of these principles, and, and of course, he didn't get burned out because he was fueled by his desire to do the will of the Father. Right. But you'll look in the life of Jesus in the scripture here, uh, Matthew chapter 14, and verse 13, he mm-hmm. says, Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot. So Jesus he's slips away. away. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get away from the crowd. He knew that he needed to get along with his father. Right. And for a person like you and a person like me, there are times where I just need to slip away. Right. There are times where I just need to go and just do something mm-hmm. other than ministry right. to disconnect. And so for you, it's kayaking. Yeah. For me, it's taking naps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I do like to take naps. But just doing stuff like around my house, play video games with my kids. Uh, me and my boys actually do airsoft where we shoot each other with plastic Which BBs. Which dangerous. And we, I've it seen the bruises. It may be dangerous, but it's, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's a way for me to unwind. So whatever right. it might be, fishing, right. hunting, who knows? And preserve time for that. Be intentional yeah. Be that intentional you preserve about doing it. time for yourself doing what energizes you and in some way connects you to the Lord. That kayaking for me is is very um, spiritual. Yeah. I, I It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's with God. But be intentional about that need. Yeah, absolutely. And Jesus was intentional about slipping away, yeah. going to a desolate place, being alone yeah. with him and his father. And maybe that's something for you guys that are listening that you need to do you know there are times i would say when it gets when it's getting pretty bad Mm -hmm. where you're feeling like you're getting toward that crispy stage and you're gonna burn out and be a crispy fried burnout yeah that maybe you need to take a couple of days maybe you need to slip away to the mountains for three Mm -hmm. or four days Mm -hmm. and just disconnect right and maybe leave your phone somewhere else right (laughs) maybe just i don't know give your 
give I have a little uh, cheapy flip phone that I use mm-hmm. that only if very few people have that number. Mm-hmm. So on my disconnect day, I put my regular phone to the side mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about there might be some emergency I'm missing out on because I got my super top secret phone that <laughs> if people need to get in touch with me who really need to get in touch with me can't. Right. Right. Um, maybe you need to do that. Yeah. Maybe there's some some things yeah. that you need to do to disconnect from ministry, disconnect from the heaviness of ministry. Mm-hmm. Do those things. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it comes, though, in getting alone with the Lord, yes. with our consistency with Him, mm-hmm. bringing these things before God, mm-hmm. not complaining, not murmuring before God. But you'll see throughout the Psalms, you'll see even throughout Moses' ministry, where he cries out to the Lord. There's this sense in which, as we started out, God, I can't do this. I'm overwhelmed. Yes. Getting honest mm-hmm. and bringing that before God and saying, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've called me to this ministry, but I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this in my own strength. Confessing that, mm-hmm. asking God for grace, that's oftentimes for me where I get the breakthrough. I'm just crying yeah. out to God, yeah. and I'm confessing my need. The Bible tells us, and this is another important scripture for you guys to meditate on, John chapter 15. The Bible tells us that Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. He goes on to say that I am the vine, you are the branches. Mm -hmm. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That is the confession of every Christian, Mm -hmm. especially those who are involved in vocational ministry, Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is the vine. Mm -hmm. We're the branches. All we are is just fruit-bearing and fruit-holding branches, but we're really nothing. A branch can't do anything if it's not attached to the vine. Right. And so making that confession before the Lord, Lord Jesus, I can't do this without you. This is your ministry. This is your calling. It's not mine. I didn't invent this calling for myself. And the fruit that's born ultimately is intended to give you glory anyway, not mm-hmm. to give glory to the branch. Mm-hmm. And so making that confession before the Lord, bringing your your troubles and these things before the Lord is important. Again, having an accountability person that you can kind of spill these things out to and bounce things off of, off of is really important. So I want to encourage you guys with that. Don't get burned out. Yeah. Keep, keep in uh, touch with the Lord on a regular basis, and God's going to continue to use you guys. So we do appreciate you guys listening. And uh, please do share this podcast. And... Go out on our on our website, check out um, sidewalks the number four life.com. We put out articles on a regular basis. Share um, this podcast, share those articles, reach out to us if there's things that you want us to cover in this podcast. We'd love to cover those subjects that maybe you guys are, are struggling with, have questions about. Reach out to me, dparks at citiesforlife.com, uh, vcasiorg at citiesforlife.com for Vicky. And until next time, God bless. for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you